Hello, everyone. This is Amanda Elise Love, and welcome back to the podcast. And today's guest is Christy. Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. I always start the interviews with the same question. What is your story? Oh, my goodness, my story. Um, yeah, so I, I call myself the Maverick Pharmacist Functional Medicine Health Coach. And most people don't really know what functional medicine is. So let me explain. It's kind of figuring out the underlying reasons for why you're not feeling great. And then I help you fix those, which not only gets you looking and feeling great now, but prevents the future issues from cropping up. And uh, those fixes are mostly non-medicine kind of things. So that's kind of why I call myself the Maverick Pharmacist. And uh, the thing is, it's just infinitely more effective than standard medicine, which I know from having been in that space for almost 30 years. Um, Unfortunately, though, we've been so misinformed our whole lives about what is healthy and what isn't, that even if you're trying to do the right things, it's kind of not really working. And, uh, and I sort of discovered that through my own story. So, um, and my issue started when I was pretty young, just a few years after my second child was born. And I was just so tired all the time, kind of chalked it up to having two young kids, but it just kept getting worse and worse. And added to that, not only did my pregnancy weight not go away, but every year I was gaining an extra two or three pounds, pretty soon found myself 35 plus pounds overweight. And uh, I had some serious knee pain at the time, and it was getting alarmingly worse to the point of severe throbbing all day long, needing painkillers all the time. And then a few years later, the sleep problem started where I was waking up at three or four in the morning for no particular reason, Um, started getting, you know, typical women's hormonal issues, Uh, spare you the gory details, but the PMS and the mood swings uh, were in there and I'd never had that before. So that was just a ton of fun for the whole family, let me tell you. And really, it was just kind of a disconnect to the person that I am, because I've always been that you know, slim, active, energetic, positive person. So, so this reflection in the mirror and what my life had become was just totally unrecognizable to me. And I was doing all the right things. And of course, all the tests from the doctor came back normal. So, so I was shocked. I felt ripped off, to be honest, because those kind of things are only supposed to happen to people that don't take care of themselves, right? And really, I think what freaked me out is that I had seen my situation enough times in the pharmacy to know where this was going. So thankfully, I'm quite the geeky scientist type. And I started doing tons of research to figure out how I was going to stop this. And man, I learned a ton of stuff that they don't teach you in pharmacy or medical school. And like I said, I discovered that most of what I'd been taught my whole life about how to be healthy was totally wrong. And once I started applying what I learned, it was really just a few short months that all of my issues went away and like all of them. And so ever since I've kind of discovered that and I helped a few of my friends and a few of my clients in the pharmacy that weren't getting results and, and saw how this was working, I was like, you know, people need to know this stuff. So I've kind of made it my mission to educate as many people as possible about 
about, you know, what we really need to be doing. So, yeah, so it was through my own journey that got me into what I'm doing now. I find with everyone's story, that's, that's how it is. Anyone who's in the health field that we all like deal with some health issue and that we want to then like, we heal our, we have, we heal ourselves. So then we want to help others. Exactly. You mentioned. Yeah, that's, I, I've talked to many people and it's always seems to be their own journey that gets them into doing what they're doing. So. Yeah, I, I would say like every single guest I've had, I would say almost every single one, that's why they went into the health field. Yeah. Or they switched. Well, yeah, like I was there, I went into pharmacy thinking I was going to help people. And the reality of it was, you know, I could probably count on one or two hands, the number of people that I really had an impact on through the pharmacy. Um, But then, you know, just in the last 10 years doing this, I mean, we're talking like hundreds of people (laughs) and way more impactful. So so I was, I'm actually kind of thankful that I, I found it. It's much more rewarding for sure. Yeah. You remind me of like, I had a friend on the podcast and he was a scientist and he worked for can- in cancer research in Australia. And he just saw like, he didn't, he saw like, he was like you very nerdy. And he's like, well, people aren't getting better. So what can I do about that? And then right. switched over to like the holistic approach and that type of thing. Nice. Um, you mentioned the fact that people think they're doing like healthy things, but they really aren't. What kind mm-hmm. of things do people think are like healthy, but really are not? Um, well, I I the first thing would probably number one thing would be their their healthy diet quote and I'm using my air quotes that you can't see in the healthy because <laughs> I have people coming to me all the time on their healthy diet and that is one of the biggest issues for them and I mean as a nutritionist you know um, it it still boggles my mind that you know the food pyramid still is what it is and the recommendations that the registered dietitians are giving to you know diabetics and and people it's like nobody should be eating this let alone a diabetic so um so it's still perpetuated so so it's definitely the food um i've kind of boiled it down to five main principles that people aren't getting right and and so yeah the food choices the, the, the nutrients, getting the uh, right amount of nutrition into your body um, has really, it doesn't happen anymore. Um, the exer- the type of exercise and how much you need to do is wrong. The uh, dealing with sleep and stress, I think most people need, they know they need to do more of it. It's just a matter of, of doing it. So I don't know that the information out there is wrong. It's just that people aren't really doing it. <laughs> and, uh, and then the fifth principle people aren't getting right is getting their hormones balanced. So I kind of deal with those five things in some form or another with everyone. You talk about nutrients, like what kind of nutrients are people not getting? 
Well, it's, it's actually, I mean, most like we're, what was a quote uh, by a, a doctor where it said, you know, our society now we're overfed and undernourished. So right. we're getting tons. Yeah. We're getting lots of calories and, and all of that stuff. And, and so obesity and diabetes and stuff is an issue. Um, but people like you're not getting the, the nutrients. So, so your food choices uh, make a difference on, from a macronutrient perspective, like your fats, carbs, and, and, uh, proteins, right. And how your body reacts to those, but your food choices aren't necessarily as important for the amount of nutrients that you're getting in them. Like, you know, like the calcium and iron and selenium and all of that kind of stuff, because, because for many, many reasons that would really don't want to get into it, it's actually physically impossible nowadays to get all of the nutrients that your body needs to function optimally just from the foods that you're eating. Um, and I know that seems it's like, well, that's impossible. Why would we have evolved that way? And the thing is, it's like the, the, the problem is we, we can't evolve and adapt that quickly. Like 70 years ago, hundred years ago was totally possible, but through multiple issues and not the least being that the, uh, the nutrient density in our foods now is a fraction of what it was. Um, you know, they've, it's, it's just, it's not physically possible anymore. So you could have the absolute perfect diet and still be undernourished. That's horrible. And there's like documentaries where it's like they teach, they show you that type of thing too. Mm -hmm. Well, there's lots of studies and, and, and stuff out there, but it's still, I mean, granted, I graduated 30 years ago, but even, even then it wasn't really a thing. And in pharmacy, they were, it was all like, you know, you just eat your healthy balanced diet and that's all you need you know, vitamins are expensive pee, you know, it might help. And in some few cases, you know, some people might need certain ones like some iron or, um, you know, B12 sometimes is a thing. Um, but for the most part, like, unless you're, unless you've got a, a terrible diet, you know, a multivitamin or whatever is completely unnecessary. And, and that, and so many people still, believe that and the media picks up on the odd thing here and there and and kind of perpetuates that um but it's so it's so outdated and we even and and there was the research was there even before I graduated so I was getting wrong information back then what can we do as like women that like that we're missing out what what are we missing out like with like supplement wise or food wise, what are we missing out on? Yeah. Well, I, the thing is like the, the body triages, right? So it's, it'll like, let's say, let's take vitamin C for example. So you, you know, most people like the RDA levels are, are not adequate. The RDA levels are meant like the recommended daily amounts. They are meant to prevent scurvy let's say for vitamin C and they're meant to prevent disease based on, um, based on not enough nutrients. So, you know, the RDA for vitamin C, I believe is still like 60 milligrams, which is 
nothing, um, you know, really. But the so there's so there's the the not getting disease level, which most people probably meet. And then there's the, hey, your body's working properly level. So it's kind of like making a, you know, if you're making, you know, if you're making a recipe or whatever, right. And you, uh, you're making bread and you only have like a half a cup of flour and you're supposed to have a cup or whatever, um, you know, but you put in whatever you get, like what comes out is not going to be what you were looking for, <laughs> you know? So it's the same kind of idea, but with the body, if you don't have, let's say enough, vitamin B, uh, or well, there's lots of B vitamins, but let's say B12, right? Um, your, your body goes through multiple steps to say, make a red blood cell. And if it doesn't have enough B12 at that one step, well, then it's, it stops right there because it has to have those nutrients and they kind of get used up in that step. And so things like a, like an insulin receptor or something require, I think it's nine or 11 nutrients, just enough of those. So the body sort of becomes, um, you know, and the body can put up with a lot. So when you don't have up to a certain amount of time and then, and then it becomes, you're just, you're just slowly going in the hole, right? It's like going into gradual debt and pretty soon you're, you know, you owe a hundred thousand dollars and it's only been a dollar here and a dollar there. Right. Um, so that's kind of where we're at with the nutrient deficiencies. And so, you know, you're great up until a certain point in your life, you're an age and it, you know, of course it depends on your genetics and, and how many nutrients you, you were getting up to that point and how much, you know, toxins, your you've been exposed to that your body's had to clean out because the body has to do the heal and repair and it's not going to do that if it doesn't have enough of that and then so then you just gradually get into this deficit and for fibromyalgia really um the, a lot of research showing that uh, a lot of the times it is it's really a nutritional deficiency and i've seen tons of times where somebody just starts a really a, like a good quality supplement regimen, uh, someone with fibromyalgia, and they're literally, you know, within a couple of months, it's, it's the energy level and the pain and everything is just well on its way to be some, sometimes it's completely resolved. And, you know, that's, you know, fabulous for those people. And then sometimes there's other issues and stuff, but the, the, the difference for just such a simple fix that I've witnessed so many times has been incredible. So it's, I don't think it's anything one specifically, it's lots of things that have just finally caught up with you. And when we were talking about, before we jumped on, we were talking about the fact that like more people are starting to realize that gut health is so important. Can you oh, tell yeah. Them? Yeah. But we were talking about the fact that like people might only know a little bit about gut health, but they don't know that much. What do you think people come to you and say, oh, I know this about gut health, but they don't know like the full details of how it plays a part? 
Yeah, like I think people real like they've heard, I mean, obviously everybody's heard about the whole, you know, gluten-free stuff and 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 that everybody, I mean, because you know, the all the no gluten has really been a big thing in the last few years, which is helpful for you know people that really do have to actively avoid it, right? Like um, me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they'll, but, but I don't, I think people are thinking more like celiac or they'll be like, oh no, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Um, you know, like I don't have any gut issues, so I don't have a gut problem. Like, cause people will, if, if like they don't have pain or cramping or gas or yeah, you know, I didn't, diarrhea, then they think I didn't really have, have, I didn't have that. I had yeah, more, no, I yeah. had more of like the fatigue and pain. Yes that type of thing but mine was yeah. mine was super high and it was from both parents and one gene from both parents and it was the highest in the wellness chiropractors practice and he's like well you don't have celiac disease but it's like the highest it could be and stuff so you mm. really should stay away from it <laughs> along right. with along with soy eggs and dairy he said mm -hmm. so but well, and I think people think that, um, you know, they, that they have to have a, t oh, no, I had allergy tests and I'm not allergic to anything. And, and, you know, like a true allergy or let's say celiac or whatever is completely different than uh, like a food sensitivity. And I, what I yeah. don't think people realize is how calm and like, you know, I'll tell people, you know, more than 60% of the population has you know, can't tolerate wheat and dairy and 60%, like that's a lot. That's and a lot so of people. And it's a lot of people. And then people will be people. like, oh yeah, no, bread doesn't bother me. Oh, dairy's fine and blah, blah, blah. And then they don't know really how, or the, like they said, they had the allergy test and it didn't come out. Um, but that doesn't, the, 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 there's been a lot of studies coming out too that the IgG testing is really not very sensitive. Like people just want to test to know whether they should or they shouldn't. And yeah. I've never really been the one to say, oh, hey, get the IgG test. I've I've uh, had some people want to do it and we have, but you, you can just tell by what comes out. It's like a lot of, uh, there's a lot of false positives, a lot of false negatives. And then now the new research, uh, there was a meta-analysis here just a few months ago actually saying that it really doesn't correspond you know and they did a whole placebo controlled thing and uh it doesn't really correspond and any people that reacted were more because almost all of the food sensitivity testing comes out with wheat with uh with you know dairy with eggs with soy with the things that are the common allergens anyway yeah. that a person would be the only real way to figure out if it's an issue for you is to kind of remove it for enough time for your body to kind of be used to not having it there and then bring it back. And that's how I discovered my, my dairy allergy because I would have, or sensitivity, because I would have swore up and down that I did not have it because I was having dairy like three, four times a day and have my entire life. Yeah. And, and, so was I. <laughs> yeah. And then it wasn't until I took it out and then brought it back and then noticed, I was like, oh, well, look at that. Who knew, right? And then with the other thing that people don't realize, because some people don't have enough of a, 
they don't feel bad enough to make the changes, right? <laughs> so they're like, you know, they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, but I can live with this and I'd rather, you know, whatever. And so I also try and tell people it does, if you, if you discover that you have a sensitivity, um, except for gluten, like gluten kind of wrecks everybody's gut to a certain extent, but but that being said, you know, you, you take whatever it is you discover, you kind of remove it for a while and you kind of do the other things to kind of help your gut heal. And once your gut heals, most of those things can come back to a certain extent without you, without sending you back, backpedaling, right? Not always, yeah. um, but, but, you know, and it depends how much, right? Like if you have a uh, and it depends on your level of sensitivity, right? Especially yeah. with gluten. Some people are really sensitive and some people it's like, eh. but it, honestly, if you get the, if you're doing all the other things and the gut gets healed, then those, most of the food sensitivities aren't an issue. Like I'm at the point now where I can have dairy and, and not backpedal and, and have issues with it. And I, the, as it's the longer it's been, the more often I can have it without it, without it causing issues because I'm doing still all the other things and, and then my gut's still healthy because food sensitivities actually come up due to the, the leaky gut. So if your gut's fine, like you tend to be sensitive to the stuff you eat most often and which makes sense if you understand how the whole sensitivity happens in the first place. You meant that's good for people to know because I think sometimes I feel like people are like, well, I'm going to have to stay this way for a long time. Yeah. And that yeah, might it's not forever. <laughs> because and I get it. Who wants to do that, right? Like if you're, you know, it's like, man, if somebody told me I could never have bread again, I'd be, it was like, yeah, forget it. You know, I'm good enough sort of thing, right? But if I can have it occasionally, you know, then then that's totally cool with me. So you mentioned leaky gut, mm -hmm. and I feel like leaky gut, like people have heard of leaky gut, but can you go into detail about like what is leaky gut? Um, well, first of all, don't ever tell your doctor leaky gut because they'll laugh you out of the office. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it is a thing. Um, it leaky gut's just easier to say. It's actually increased intestinal permeability, um, and you can test for it. So it's it is a real thing. So you know if your doctor doesn't really believe in it, then you know then they haven't done the research. But basically, what it is is your the cells of your intestine are meant to be super close together. Um, and then the only thing, and, the, and so when you break down your food, um, just small molecules are, are heading the, the nutrients, right? The, the, the amino acids and the, the minerals and all that stuff are the only things that are able to pass through that small uh, area. So, um, but if, if you're eating foods that your body doesn't like, if you uh, eat a lot of toxin kind of things, like whatever causes it, there's a lot of inflammation. You know, if you're if there's a lot of chemical and crap in your food, or you know, you eat a lot of things that do bother. There, there are things that definitely bother intestines, like a lot of caffeine and alcohol and that kind of stuff. Whatever starts it, um, that inflammation causes those cells to be. Um, 
the one that's inflamed, it's it's um, the the spaces become bigger, and so when the spaces are bigger, now you've allowed um, now then that's where the leaky gut thing comes from. So now with these with this bigger hole to get through, now you have these larger molecules that your body was never meant to see. And so your immune system does what it's supposed to do. And when it sees these oddball things that it's never seen before and aren't supposed to be there, then it, it kind of launches that immune response. So it, it's like a, it's an antibody response. And most of the time, and it's, it's not, uh, you know, like a, a peanut allergy egg, you know, at, like I need an EpiPen kind of response. It's just, it's a different it's an IgG reaction instead of an IgE reaction. It's just a different antibody. Um, and then, and so every time you eat that, it kind of causes more, a bit more inflammation. And so it's like your body is trying to deal with this, this kind of low grade fire that it's constantly putting out. And then it, then it becomes a cycle, right? So now you're eating foods, it's causing more inflammation, which makes the leaky gut worse. And, and it kind of goes on. And then once your gut is, you know, not, not pristine the way it's supposed to be, it makes it more susceptible to other things that would normally fight off like uh, bacterial overgrowth or parasites or that kind of thing. So, so gut health is huge. I've kind of become the gut specialist because that seems to be most people's underlying issue. And when you get that all fixed up, um, everything, it feels better, you know, whether you have gut and we were talking before we started, um, recording here that it's not necessarily like, if you don't have gut symptoms, doesn't mean that you don't have gut issues. So it doesn't always come with, you know, cramping or pain or, you know, gas or diarrhea or, or constipation. If you have those things on a regular basis, then you definitely have gut issues, but it doesn't, but if you don't, doesn't mean you don't. So quite often things will come with like tiredness and brain fog and joint pain and just all these other oddball things. Skin issues are a big thing with your gut. So, so yeah, that's usually most people's issues. And so once you get that all figured out and fixed, that you know, now there's less inflammation to deal with, and now your body's able to to heal and repair, and everything kind of gets better. <laughs> and now we all want to get better, and I think gut health is so important. Like. Mm like what supplements are like people should be taking to like heal their gut? Um, yeah, well, my, I think every human being <laughs> that wants to be optimally healthy needs a good quality multivitamin mm -hmm. and omega threes. And that is kind of my basic. And then, um, uh, and then it kind of goes from there. That's not uh, omega threes are really important for that can really help with gut healing. But you know, if you get the food choice part of it and the nutrient part of it, um, then it's not necessary generally for all these extra gut healing things. Um, you know, depending on the level uh, of of gut problems you have, quite often. Um, some uh, some good quality probiotics is 
also super helpful, um, but it, but not always necessary, right? Um, and I guess my my thing I want to say is um, the quality finding saying to to do to take a, a high quality supplement is easier said than done. Most I was shocked shocked <laughs> as a pharmacist to find out how brutal most multivitamins are. And I believe that's why the media still, you know, picks up on these, these um, articles and stuff that come out that says, oh, hey, you know, no difference with people taking, you know, this vitamin or that vitamin, like vitamin E or a multivitamin or whatever. And so the general you know, people still say, oh, you know, vitamins are just expensive pee kind of thing, right? But, um, but if you have, because most supplements out there are garbage, right? Most of them don't even dissolve. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter what's in it, because at that point, you're literally, literally flushing your money down the toilet, right? So um, it's really just, uh, you know, there's a, there's a handful of companies that are doing it properly. Uh, the cheapo one a day thing, for sure, you're not really getting anything out of it. Um, but more expensive doesn't necessarily mean better. But if it's a, if it's a one a day thing, there's no way there's, if you put everything you, you needed into one, one pill, it'd be the size of a golf ball. So nobody, <laughs> you couldn't swallow that. Um, so a one a day thing is not what you're looking for. Um, but you know, just the quality of manufacturing and the quality of the ingredients that are going in it, you know, what ingredients are in it, what level that kind of stuff is really, um, super important. So, um, so yeah, just kind of beware. Same with the omega-3, like most of them, they get them from fish. It's fish oil pretty much. Right. And you, you know, you, most of them out there have all the mercury and PCBs and stuff. Cause we've wrecked our water and that's what's in our fish. So you, you really don't want any of that. So, so it's a little easier to find a quality omega-3, but, um, but a multivitamin is pretty, pretty tricky. That's good to know. I think that's very helpful for people. Is there any last tip that you would like to share? Oh, um, last tip, geez. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I think that um, basically it's not just to find out the right information because I mean, you think you're doing the right thing and, and it turns out it's actually, it's either not helping at all or making matters worse. So it's, it's actually really easy and simple to make the changes for you to have lifelong health. Um, it's just a matter of knowing what those are and, and where you kind of fit into that situation. So so yeah, I think that's the the key important thing. It's don't it doesn't have anything to do with willpower deprivation. You don't have to totally transform your life. Anything can be fit into a, a busy lifestyle, and uh, you know something step by step is kind of handy. So <laughs> it's just a matter of making new habits. That's great. Thank you so much for coming on, Christy. Hmm. You're welcome. It's great to be here.
if uh, anybody wanted uh, more like some of the information about what the right things are and those five principles I was talking about, uh, my my website, christyrusshealthcoaching.com has a free masterclass. It's like this big green thing when you show up there. So I encourage everybody to, to watch that and then you can get some of that right information and go from there. That will be put in the show notes. So thank you awesome. so much. You're welcome.